All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast. This is episode 240, 240. Um, I'm your host, Tommy Tahoe Alemo. We're kicking off a brand new month. We're kicking off a brand new quarter, at least for me. I'm stoked. I'm psyched. I'm ready to get into it. Uh, this is the show where uh, young salespeople come to learn how to get better at the craft, how to grow your skill set, get the next job, make more money. Uh, be more fulfilled, whatever it is that you're looking for uh, in the sales world. Uh, we're here to bring that to you. So thanks for tuning in. Um, got a great show for you today. I'm recording this on the last day of the quarter, June 30th. So truthfully exhausted, ready for a, uh, a little recharge that Gong gives us uh, the first few days of the new quarter. We got the 4th of July when you're probably listening to this. So um, by this time, I'll be ready to get back into it. But right now, I'm, I'm running on fumes. Uh, just got in my, my last deal of the quarter. So excited to uh, hit the recharge button and excited about today's conversation. Um, before we get into that, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, our OG sponsor of this podcast, Postal IO. Postal, uh, in a world where everyone is trying to uh, just kind of push out spam and uh, personalization at scale, quote unquote, Postal helps you to actually personalize the gifts that you send to your customers, your prospects, your partners. Uh, you can send them very personalized things that really make a difference uh, to help build that relationship. And in the in a day where we're not going out uh, to dinner uh, with customers, uh, at least I'm not yet, uh, and taking them out and building that in-person relationship, sending them something very personalized can really be uh, a key difference maker. So check them out at, at postal.io. Um, and you can check me out. At, I'm all over social media, Twitter and Instagram at Tommy Tahoe. Um, you know, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, or all three. Um, been doing this show for four years. Do it on the side of all the full-time stuff that I do at Gong uh, as an AE. So we'd really appreciate some love there. Um, I also do a weekly newsletter that you could sign up for on my website, millennialmomentum.net. Um, let's get into today's episode. I've got uh, Alex Abraham. Alex is an enterprise growth uh, rep over at Segment. Uh, before that, he was at, at business development over at ThoughtSpot. Um, and I got tagged in a post, someone saying that, Alex Abraham was the king of cold calls. Uh, and so I had to I had to have a conversation with him. We talked about, you know, there's a lot of tactics that, you know, you can talk about when it comes to a cold call, but or sales in general. But I think what's even more important is the mindset. And Alex talks a lot about the mindset of cold calling and prospecting. So if you're a BDR or an SDR, uh, or if you're just a hunting, hunting AE that needs to get the pipeline going here for Q3. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Alex got a great attitude, um, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So uh, without further ado, let's get straight into my conversation with Alex. Let's go. All right, Alex Abraham, welcome to Millennial Sales. What's up? What's up, Tom? Great to be here. Excited to chat with you today. We got a couple uh, Northeast New England natives uh, on the West Coast for this one. Always good to chat with a fellow uh, a fellow New Englander. Yeah, great to chat with you too, Small World. Obviously, before this, we were talking about it. Um, had some ties, ties to the Northeast. You played a little yeah. tennis where I grew up, which is funny. Na Nashua, New Hampshire, not much going on up there, huh? Yeah, I mean, shout out to uh, the, the office, all the office viewers. There is a Dunder Mifflin branch in Nashua, New Hampshire, fictional. 
to the home of Holly oh, Quack. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's what we're known. Um, but, yeah, not much going up on there other than that, which is why I'm not here. Yeah. So let's let's talk about um, sales. How did you get into how did you get into sales? I know that's what brought you out uh, west was was the career in, in the job market. So how did you get into it? Yeah. So um, I didn't know much about it. So my mom is actually she works at a startup in New Hampshire. Um, so in college, I did a few internships there, different roles. But um, looking around, it looked like the salespeople were having the most fun there, and, and got a chance to get to know them and see what they were doing. Um, it was like an inside sales model, but they were just having a great time. Looked like they were having fun at work. Um, it seemed like something I was going to do. I, I wasn't really sure. And I just jumped into it after college. Um, I had a friend that lived or was a year older than me at UMass was already in the Bay. Um, yeah. so, um, on, pretty much on a whim, moved onto his couch, like started looking for SDR jobs in the Bay area, landed at ThoughtSpot. ABI company started my SDR career and have been out here ever since. So you moved here before you even had a job. You just went like burn the boats. I'm moving yeah. out. I'm sleeping on a couch. I'm going to find something. Well, it was tough because like all the jobs really, we were in office obviously back then and they wanted somebody local as opposed to like this guy from New Hampshire who has to move out. So I was like, I might as well say I live in San Francisco, interview around. I was confident that I'd be able to find a job. And my buddy was willing to put me up until I found a job, thankfully. So shout out to Steve. He's probably not listening to this, but um, so yeah. Shout out took Steve. A leap, took a leap of faith. Um, and yeah, it paid off, thankfully. <laughs> so so the reason you're on this uh, podcast, the reason we got introduced was um, someone had commented on a LinkedIn post of mine and said, you were the best cold caller that they knew. Yeah. And uh, I, I am. about that, but we'll see. I, I, I am far from the best cold caller that I know. So, um, and I know there's a lot of SDRs and, and prospecting and hunting AEs that are listening to the podcast. So like, that's what I'm hoping we can get into. And, um, and from my perspective, I think, you know, there's kind of like two different levels to get into one being you know, the mindset and attitude that you need. And I think that's relevant to any piece of sales. And then there's more of like the tactical stuff. So I'd love to, I'd love to kind of go one by one and, and start with the mindset that you have around cold calls and, and, you know, prospecting and that, that has made you successful. Yeah, for sure. And shout out to Matt for uh, putting me on here. Um, so, but um, you got a lot of pressure here. I know best cold caller you knows. I think, well, one, why I'm so successful is I probably do it more than anybody at the company. Um, so it's kind of a chicken or an egg kind of thing. Like, am I the best because I'm tactically the best or am I the best just because I do it the most, right? Like it's tough to say, but I do get a lot of practice. And I think why I do it the most is probably the mindset piece, right? I know intuitively that to be successful in a role, like you have to make phone calls. I'm in, um, I sell to the enterprise portion um and email for us at least is not a very successful channel open rates are lower compared to some of the mid-market um in smb bands um so that's number one right like i know intuitively that i need to do it to be successful um and then secondly the mindset piece is probably putting away that fear of rejection right like i think that's why most people don't do it is it's the most confrontational channel like you're getting people right off the, you know, you're getting people live 
and you know they, they can say no they can hang up they can say something mean right to your face as opposed to open it up over email or linkedin you know so i think that's why it's tough for most people but for me um, I try to detach from the outcome as much as possible, just focus on the process, um, what I'm trying to get out of it. And I think that's part of the reason that I've been successful so far. Do you do anything to, uh, I, like, I've seen Morgan Ingram, uh, which this sounds silly, but it actually works. Like, I've seen him talk about, like, getting some, like, kind of hype music or something to kind of get yeah. you in the right state. and. You know, if, if anyone, if you've ever been an athlete, like, you know, there's, there's kind of that routine that you go through when you're warming up for a game or something like that. I'm curious, do you have like any sort of like a routine or anything before you go to kind of get yourself mentally prepped? Yeah. I mean, it depends. I think the old, the walkout songs or like the pump up songs are always good <laughs> yeah. uh, for sure. Depends what my music taste is, you know, been listening to Miley Cyrus lately. The climb, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good pump up one. Yeah. Um, but I think for me too, is if I really am like, I need to think about why I'm making the cold call in the first place, something that's probably a little bit more boring, but does pump me up is looking at customer stories, particularly in the enterprise band, like, okay, like how we helped out this big retailer that I really like and really respect do their business better. Or like, how have I helped out this really cool, innovative company, like actually do their business better? Like at the end of the day, you have to really believe and love the product that you're selling, right? And I think if you can do that before a call blitz or before you're making dials, looking at that, putting it back to the why you're even joining the company in the first place and, and why you're reaching out, I think that makes you handle the rejection a lot better because you're calling from a mindset like, I'm actually here to solve a huge problem that you have. Um, so I think like those two pieces, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And it's, it's not only um, I'm here to solve a, a major problem that you have. It's a problem you may not know about right. and is very common. And by the way, here's how we've helped, you know, Bank of America, Uber, Google, you know, whatever your case studies are, here's right. how we've helped them to do those things. Uh, and exactly. so part of that is like, you got to do the homework. No one wants to read case studies. Like no. that's not fun. Um, your prospect maybe, probably doesn't want to either. <laughs> right. No, fun. no. You have to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got to do that homework to be able to kind of tell the, the, the short version of that story. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like not only is it tactically useful to, you know, have a company in mind that we've helped that's similar to them on the cold call in case it comes up. But yeah, it helps with that mindset piece, too, which is, you know, you can't control how what's going on in the other person's life. You know, there's a couple things that you can control in your cold calling. I think Josh Baum talks about this, like. Who are you reaching out to? Like, who are you targeting with the company? What are you saying? And then the tonality um, and your personality behind it and the, you know, the mindset. So I think like if I focus on those three things and take results out of the picture, then the calls go a lot smoother. I'm not, you know, beating myself up over one rejection. But that also means, right, that I'm not, you know, going crazy over one win. It keeps everything in perspective, right? Like you could have a you could have a great win where you just call somebody, catch them at the right time. They're looking at your software, get lucky. Um, and, you know, you could have a really bad call. Like, you know, the person freaks out, but you did everything right. You handled every objection, but it was legitimately, you know, the wrong time for them. So I think it's important to keep that in mind too. And the first thing you said was, was quantity. And, uh, you know, I talked yeah. to Kevin Dorsey about this a couple of weeks ago. It's like, 
there's really only two levers to pull as an SDR. It's either more quantity or higher quality. Right. Uh, and so we'll get to the quality piece with, with the tactics. But when we're talking quantity, you know, the number of reps you get is, is super important. I'm curious yeah. uh, if you could share, like, do you have a range of, of what your goal is, like on a day or, or weekly basis, how many you make? Yeah, it's usually 50 to 60 a day, which is the higher range. Um, yep. And, you know, you can turn it up too. And I think probably the most important part for me for getting that quantity up, and I'm not the first person to say this or the last, like the eat the frog, doing it first. Like the first thing I do when I open up my laptop is make cold calls, try to do, I aim for 30 to hit half my goal. Like if I can do that within the first hour of working, then hitting that 60 becomes exponentially easier, right? Yeah. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make is they put cold calls off because it's, you know, probably the, the hardest thing to do as an SDR, depending on who you ask. But the longer you put it off, you know, the hairier and scarier it gets to do. It's the last thing that you want to do. You'd rather send an email. You'd rather send a LinkedIn message or a Vidyard. Um, but if you can do that first, and if it's something that you're, you know, you're focusing on, I would suggest the first thing you do when you, you start work is to do it. And that's with any job, right? Do the hardest thing first and then everything else becomes easier. Yeah, I mean, you can land 30 in the first hour or so, then the rest of your day is like a piece of cake, you know, yeah. sending out emails and, you know, making the other 30 or, you know, 20 calls and, you know, doing your prep work and all the other things that you have to do. But if you get that done by, let's say you start work at nine and you do it yeah. by 10, so by 10 a.m., you've got half of your calls made. Um, yeah. It's just a huge psychological win. It's like the same reason why people work out in the morning or the same reason why people, you know, do certain things, you know, before you kind of pay yourself first, like do the hard thing uh, yeah. before. So it, it, it kind of takes away, you know, the different resistances. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, you might get lucky, get one or two meetings in that first hour of the day, and then you're really feeling good, right? Like it's just natural and the rest. Then of the you're day, feeling like, yourself. You're, yeah. You're feeling good. You know, Steph Curry, you just hit a three and <laughs> the rest of the day is smooth. So for sure, you know, it's something that, you know, I did today and it was a good day. Um, so whenever I like, and it's simple, right? Just focusing on hitting at 30 with the first hour, like it's the most important thing that I do. And then the rest of the day goes that much more smoother. I love it. And so there's the quantity piece. Let's talk about quality. Let's talk mm -hmm. about the tactics. Uh, what do you think either makes it for you and, and makes it a great cold call? Like, you know, Josh Braun has those few things, you know, there's only so, so many different ways you can do it. So many yeah. different things that you can control. What do you think either that makes yours particularly good or, or maybe just a common mistake that other people that you see, uh, you know, make that's, that's an issue. Well, I, I think objection handling is probably where people go wrong is that when somebody throws out an objection, they tend to get flustered and, um, you know, the call goes off track there. So I think there's a few things that I track, like my opener, my, and then from the opener, you go into the middle of the call, which is traditionally objection handling. Um, yeah. And then, and closing, right? Like those are the three levers that I focus on and pulling on. And then you have to use data at that point and use those reps and use like call recording tools, like Gong, for example. Shout uh, out to Gong. Yeah, shout out to Gong. Uh, but, right, and then play it back. So for example, tactically, if I'm not to overreact, but like if I make, you know, 400 calls and like have 10 connects and I'm losing people within the first 30 seconds, right? Like that tells me that there's something wrong with my opener. 
and need yeah. to make a switch, right? If I make it to the middle of the call, but I'm not objection handling well, um, you know, like people are, are giving me opportunity to speak, but maybe I'm not handling the send me an email objection well, or I'm not handling, um, I'm in a meeting objection well. Um, then that's one that I fix individually. And then perhaps I'm losing them on the closing and not getting those next steps, right? So it really depends. You have to look back at your results, how things are going and where in the process you're losing them, right? But I would say to answer your question, where most people go wrong is probably the middle. It's not the beginning or end. Um, and yeah, I, and we can dive into objection handling too, but. When do you, when do, you do that analysis? And, and how much yeah. time do you, do you take to kind of like review the game tape? Yeah, so obviously quarterly, you look at your number of results, like um, and we do a, a pretty intensive QBR process. But for me, um, I like to do it at the end of the week too. Like my activity, my results, like my dispositions on cold calls. It, it doesn't take too long because luckily we have really good sales source reports and outreach reports that do it. So you can kind of look at your activity results pretty easily. Um, and from there, I also look at like how I'm tracking the quota for this week and breaking it down too. So a number of those things. And then from there, um, I have my weekly one-on-ones with my manager where occasionally we'll do call recordings too and going through that. Maybe there's one that stuck out in particular that I'd like additional feedback on because that's another good point too. And why I think like tools like Gong are so important is I'm not the only one that's giving advice on my cold calls. It's AEs, it's my managers, it's peers as well. The ability to get external feedback in um, on how you're doing too, I think is important. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk about one or, one or two of the objections uh, yeah. to kind of, kind of close this thing out. So you mentioned one of the more common ones is like, uh, you know, you call me and, and I say, uh, yeah, that sounds great. Can, can you send me an email about it? What do you, I'm yeah. gonna put you on the spot here for a second. What do you say to that? Yeah. Um, and this is probably like one of the reasons I'm on the podcast is I, I'll usually handle those objections with humor, or do something funny, like out of the box. So like send me an email. It's like, you know, I'll usually say literally this, like, Hey, you know, I'm sure you're not just sitting at your desk waiting for a cold call completely understand, happy to send you some information if need be, but like, what's important to you. And I, I use that for not interesting too. Like, Hey, totally get it. Like you're not sitting at your desk waiting for a cold call. I can completely understand. Can I have 20 seconds to tell you why I did? Um, I think taking a deep breath, slowing down and saying something unique or saying something off the cuff um, is a good way to do it. Um, Cause Having I think people around. usually say like, yeah, I'll send you an email. Um, yeah. But usually there's an underlying objection, right? Which is like, can you get off the phone right now? That's usually what the person means. Like they're just politely trying to get you off the phone. So if you can right. power through, and just go that one level deeper, I think, you know, you can turn that into the one or two more meetings, which helps you get your number. Because I have to imagine the majority of meetings that you book are probably have an objection in them. If we were to listen to all those calls, like 80% <laughs> plus, or maybe even all of them, like yeah. you're going to have to like, yay, hey, I'll take a meeting. And, you know, I've never heard of you before, but this sounds good. You know, there's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you have to be able to, to handle those. And, and to your point, take the deep breath, take a second, because if yeah. they say, email me, if they say, you know, I'm walking into a meeting, if they say, you know, I don't have budget for something like this, or I'm not the right person, like, 
the easy thing to do is, okay, thanks. Bye. You know, um, that's kind of your natural reaction um, to not kind of be confrontational, but you have to, to your point, push it that extra step in a, in an interesting way so that you can kind of break down the barrier that they're trying to put up. Right. If somebody says like, I'm hopping into a meeting, I'll literally, sometimes I'll look at the clock and be like, Oh, you know, Hey Tom, totally understands it at five 30. Yeah. Happy to chat for two minutes. Right. Like that's an actionable <laughs> item. Um, just like, you know, literally call not, not being in a confrontational way or like, but just being like, yeah, when's the meeting, you know, happy to fill you in before then, like, you know, yeah. actually get to the bottom if there is a real meeting or not, you know? Yeah. Um, the best is when it's like, it's like four seventeen or something. Yeah. It's like, like oh there's no meeting (laughs) yeah no meeting happening (laughs) yeah there's no meeting no that's probably not a good route but you know (laughs) just i think having it obviously depends on your personality too and what you're comfortably doing but i think like having something written down and then also being able to say in an authentic way to you like i have no problem being a little confrontational in, in saying something like um you know no you're not expecting a cold call but happy to tell you why or like I'm happy to go at people. Some people, maybe they have a different way of handling it, but I think you have to be able to do that to be a good cold caller because there's just no way around objections. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to happen. So you got to be ready for them. Yeah. It's part of that preparation for sure. But um, yeah, use humor whenever possible. If you are funny, I'm kind of funny. Occasionally it depends what day you catch me on, Uh, (laughs) but you know, whenever I'm feeling good, I'll say something. You got to drop in a Miley Cyrus reference from time to time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, drop in a Miley Miley reference. Um, you know, if you if you see something on their profile too, um, you know, just to break the ice. But I think anything you can do to stand out, you've got that person on the phone. Connections are so rare these days. Like, I think we average like probably like five percent of a connection rate. You know, yeah. I think that's pretty standard for SDRs. So try to make the most of those, right? Like at least get to the bottom, at least let them understand what company you're calling from and, and get your pitch across. And I think if you approach in an authentic way, you'll get to that chance. You can't control the outcome. You can't control whether it's the right time for that person, but um, you can control a few things. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't get to that uh, you wanted to share with the listeners? <sighs> No, I think we covered it, right? Like if, if you ask my colleagues, that's what I'm known for cold calling, but I don't think I'm doing anything crazy, right? It's two parts of what we talked about. It's the, the repetition, right? Like actually doing it every day to get better. And then it's being able to be reflective and look back and make adjustments based off how you're doing. I think that obviously takes like a call recording software if you have that to be able to look back and listen to your calls, which are painful. But it's two parts, right? It's the action and reflection. And if you can put that, and that's any skill, right? Um, but important for cold calls, important for emails, LinkedIn messages, demos. Um, so that's what I'd like the viewers to take away. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, if, if people have questions for you, if they want to do a cold call, like battle against you on Zoom oh, yeah. or something, what's the, the best way? Uh, <laughs> what's yeah, the best can, way? I mean, you can reach me on LinkedIn, uh, Alex Abraham. Um, so SDR here at Segment, you should be able to find me. Um, and then, yeah, I would say LinkedIn for business inquiries or cold call inquiries is probably the best place to reach me. All right. That sounds good, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I appreciate you having me, Tom. Great chatting with you.
What's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out that podcast. Uh, happy July to you. Uh, would love if you took 22 seconds and hit subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this. Uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, your favorite podcast player. And be sure to check out some of my content on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Tom Alamo. And on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Tommy Tahoe. Have a great day. Make it legendary. Peace.